This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnial Saleh and Hany Balkis. It is showtime, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys had a great weekend. It is hot outside. This is Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. And I'm Hany Balkis. Uh, you guys are probably used to me saying with Omnia Saleh, Omnia Saleh is on her leave. We will be seeing her after the Eid holiday. We got one more week. This is our last week until we have our very long Eid break. I'm really excited for that Eid break. Uh, I want to know what you guys are doing. And today is actually a very good day. I started my morning great because I'll tell you why. First of all, Argentina won. Second of all, Dustin Poirier won and Conor McGregor lost. And third of all, today is Euro 2020, Italy versus England. I want to know who you guys are rooting for, but let's get into the tech news. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're talking about how the UAE is launching a deep fake guide. Now, we do know that deep fakes are on the rise, and the UAE does need to combat that and give a, make us aware about these deep fakes. And also, we're talking about how Expo 2020 Dubai is going high tech to prevent cyber attacks. We talk about it on the show all the time. A lot of cyber attacks happening around the world, and Expo 2020 does need to be on top of it. And for our Gadget of the Day segment, we're talking about the Fitbit and how it is detecting lasting changes after COVID-19. And also, we're talking about how Apple's founder has backed the right to repair movement. Now, I'm really excited to talk about that story because I'm very with the right to repair and a lot of people are with it too. It's just ridiculous uh, going to Apple and paying uh, 1,800 dirhams to get your phone replaced for a simple crack on your phone. And I'll be telling you guys what I did when my phone uh, camera got cracked. Text us in at 4215, do it Keep me some company. I'm alone this week, ladies and gentlemen. I want to see the most movement from you guys. We're taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking about the deep fake guide. This is Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're talking about deepfakes. Every couple of weeks, uh, we got new news about deepfakes. And today, the UAE has launched a deepfake guide. Now, the UAE National Program for Artificial Intelligence has launched a deepfake guide that will actually help the public understand the harmful as well as helpful uses of this new and emerging technology. Now, for those who don't know, deepfake is actually the use of various techniques like artificial intelligence, better known as AI, to create fake audio and video clips to make it look genuine and convincing with the aim to basically deceive someone. Now, this technology is now becoming rampant and has been found to some incidents of even cyber bullying. Now, have you ever seen those TikTok videos, for example, Tom Cruise doing something crazy, but it's not actually Tom Cruise? Now, the first time I ever saw a deep fake video was former U.S. President uh, Barack Obama when there was a video of him on Facebook speaking and saying some, some things and uh, it did cause a ruckus, but in the end, it wasn't him and it was some. It was a deep fake. Now, the guide was actually launched as part of the initiatives of the UAE Canc- uh, Council for Digital Wellbeing, which is chaired by Sheikh Saif bin Zayed Al Nahyan, who is the Deputy Prime Minister and Minister of Interior. Now, the new deepfake guide has categorized fake content into two main categories, which is shallow and deep. Now, the shallow fakes do refer to videos in which an editing software is used to slow down one's speech without actually changing the pitch. 
change dates and locations to make the videos actually appear recent or in different places. Now, deepfakes, on the other hand, do refer to replacing the original face or voice with fake content, which is developed using advanced technologies. But this guide right here does present a way to actually detect this fake content using systematic deepfake detec detection, which is powered by AI-based tools. So it is very important to differentiate between fake and deepfake and the original video. And I've seen it on TikTok a lot recently. A lot of people uh, have been getting their hands on deepfake technology. And as we go on in the coming days and weeks and even years, it's going to be a lot easier for people to acquire this technology. And some people use it for good and some people use it for bad. And the number one thing is how it can affect the public. Now, let's say a public figure like uh, current U.S. President Joe Biden. Uh, there's a deep fake video about him going on the Internet saying, hey, um, gas prices are going to be a uh, dollar now. Everyone's going to go running to the gas station. They want they, they want to fill up their tanks for one dollar. But again, that's not the, that's not actually him saying it. That is the deep fix. So it's going to cause a lot of problems and you need to differentiate between a deep fake and a not. And most of the time it is kind of obvious when it's a deep fake. But some days, some days is getting really, really, really good. We can't really differentiate it. I've been fooled once or twice. And uh, we have our very own Makeda Atiyah who once even did a deep fake of myself. Uh, it was kind of a funny video of me singing and dancing when it was not actually me, but it was my face and it was everything. I was like, man, Makeda, how did you get your hands on something like that? He's like, man, all I did was download an app. So it's really easy to get your hands on such technology. And the UAE has shown that, hey, we need to differentiate between what is real and what is not. Text in at 4215 or on Instagram at Pulse95Radio. Let me know if you guys ever been deceived by a deepfake. I have. Our text lines are open. We're taking a short break. But when we come back, we're talking about how Expo 2020 in Dubai is going high tech to prevent cyber attacks. Pulse95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Now, we do know that cyber attacks have been on the rise, and one of the most number one cyber attacks or forms of cyber attacks has been ransomware, where, some, where a hacker or a group of hackers would take hold of information of a certain company or entity and say, hey, if you want to access to this information, you got to pay uh, $10 million. And unfortunately, some companies do have to pay, even though a lot of authorities are against it. Now, Expo 2020 is actually going high tech to prevent such cyber attacks. And I'm going to be telling you guys what they have in store. Now, we do know that Expo 2020 Dubai has the world's most advanced security strategies in place to protect the mega event from cyber attacks. Now, Expo 2020 is securing the most diverse and dynamic, dynamic technology ecosystem that is capable of supporting 200 plus participants and that does include 191 countries, each with their own pavilion. Now, we do know that during the COVID-19 pandemic, we've actually seen a big skyrocket of cyber attacks in the Middle East with individuals and even companies falling prey to hackers and even fraudsters. Now, last year, the UAE did see a 250% rise in cyber attacks, and that was according to the UAE head of government cybersecurity. Now, as Dubai is preparing to roll out the world's greatest show in just three months, which we do know is expected to attract around 25 million visitors during that six-month period between October 1st 
of this year to March 31st of 2022. And it is expected that cyber criminals will be on the prowl. Again, with such big event of its kind, some people will want to ruin it. Some people will try to get into uh, Expo 2020 Dubai illegally. And we do need to make those precautionary measures. And that, that is what Expo 2020 Dubai is doing. But we do know they are working with technology partners around the globe and also an official cybersecurity provider, which is called Digital 14, which will deliver a safe, secure and even connected site with a smart infrastructure that will actually continue to offer benefits beyond the event. Now, functions such, such as air conditioning, air quality, air monitoring, energy use, fire alarms, uh, elevators, and even lightning will be smart, while data collected through that will help improve energy efficiency and maximize safety, security, and comfort. Now, you're probably saying, Hanny, why are you telling me if it's smart or not? Because if it's smart, that means it's on a cloud. And if it's on a cloud, that means a hacker could get into it you don't want to be at Expo 2020, and then all of a sudden the AC isn't working, right? That would, that would be horrible. And some some of these minor changes, these minor hacks, right, could cause a big destruction in the experience of going to Expo 2020. Now, I'm, I feel a little bit safer now knowing that Expo 2020 has taken those precautionary and preventive measures, and it's always been better to prevent than to fight it, right? If you start from the beginning, you won't, if you protect it from the beginning, you won't have to defeat it or fight it in the middle of it, right? And again, I'm looking at how Expo 2020 Dubai is going to be amazing. As a tech lover myself, there's a lot of tech giants that are coming to Dubai Expo 2020, and I'm really excited. I do believe I will be visiting, and you guys should too. But I want to know if you guys will be visiting, so do text in at 4215 do or tell or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. We're taking a short break, but when we come back, we're talking about space travel and how around 600 people have actually reserved that $250,000 ticket to fly to space with Virgin Galactic. And, ladies and gentlemen, they do include celebrities like Tom Hanks, Leonardo DiCaprio, Justin Bieber, and even Lady Gaga. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to tune in for this story. I'm going to be right back. This is Pulse95. Now, how often do you go to the repair shop or to Apple, sorry, to Apple and you're like, hey, uh, my screen is cracked. I don't have Apple care. Um, can you fix it? How much is it going to cost? And, you know, they take it to the back. They come back out. They're like, hey, <laughs> you're in luck because it's going to cost you around 1500 dirhams. And that's kind of ridiculous to me. But now, Apple's founder does back the right to repair movement. Now, there has been a movement that has solely been going on in the U.S. where it does state that it's a law that says, hey, if a customer or consumer wants to repair their phone, they should have the right to and there should be uh, the, the, the accessories or the products, for example, the extra lens and all of that should be actually on the market for them to buy and fix it. Now, Steve Wozniak, who is the Apple founder, does say he wants that movement to continue. Now, he's actually the co-founder and has actually issued a passionate endorsement on the right to repair movement, despite the company's opposition. Now, Apple is kind of on the fence with it. Apple's like, eh, I don't really want to do it. Now, the movement does want to pass laws to actually pass guarantee users to access information and have the parts to repair their own device. 
Now, he says, who is the who is the co-founder, says, we wouldn't have had an Apple had I not grown up in a very open technology world. Now, it's time to recognize the right to repair more fully. Now, existing right to repair rules in Europe and the US are limited to appliances and vehicles, respectively. And the right to repair does advocate that Apple is one of the fiercest opponents to expanding the, legal, uh, the legislation to cover consumer electronics. Now, it does allow repair by its own authorized technicians only and does not generally provide spare parts or even repair information. Now, if you don't want to go to Apple, you can go to example iStyle. They're, they're authorized um, technicians and they'll fix it and whatnot. But you're still paying a very hefty price for these things to get repaired, right? And the thing is, these spare parts are quite cheap. So why am I paying 1800 dirhams for uh, a screen crack, for example? Now, I'm going to tell you guys a quick story about my back camera. Now, I cracked my back camera about three weeks ago, right? The camera was fine, the glass was broken, and I was like, man, I need to go get it fixed. So what I do, I go all the way to Apple, and I'm like, hey, this is my phone, it's perfectly working, the camera is in mint condition, I can take pictures and everything, but the thing is, the, can the glass is broken, can you see if you guys can fix it or not? Mind you, I don't have Apple Care. So the technician goes into the to the to the back room, comes out like five minutes later. He's like, "Brother, it's gonna cost you around two thousand eight hundred dirhams." I looked at him and I was like, "What? You you, th you expect me to pay twenty eight hundred dirhams to fix a glass on my camera?" He's like, "That's the thing because we have to change the whole back." And he kept telling me a story. I'm like, "Give me the phone. Give me the phone." So I'm no no way I'm paying two thousand eight hundred. I can put another thousand on top of it and get. I get probably the same phone. I mean, the, I, I do believe the iPhone 11, or uh, we're at 12 right now, right? The iPhone 12 right now is around 2,700. So I'm basically buying a new phone just to repair a glass. So what did I do? I went on the beautiful internet, right? Because I need to fix my camera. I need to fix the glass on my camera, but I'm not going to pay 2,800. So what did I do? I went and I bought the spare part of a glass on my camera. It cost me 40 dirhams, right? I open up a YouTube video on how to change the back camera. It took me 10 minutes to understand and to get everything out, and I repaired it. And alhamdulillah, my camera is as good as new. So ladies and gentlemen, it cost me 40 dirhams to repair my back lens camera when it should have costed me 2,800 if I had went to Apple. Right to repair or not, I am 100% with the right to repair movement, as it is not logical. For, for you not to be able to repair your car, your, your phone. Now, we take it as the same aspect when we're talking about a car. Now, if you have a very old car, sometimes the dealer or will not take the car, the manufacturer will not take it because they don't have the spare parts. So you can't use the car anymore, your car is broke, you can't use it, no. You go to a garage anywhere and you'll pay whatever to fix the car. Uh, it's not an authorized uh, uh, technician or nothing, not an authorized dealer. That's the way it should be. I buy a product, I own the product, I should be able to fix the product on my own terms and conditions. I shouldn't have to kind of be under Apple's laws and regulations saying, no, you can't, if you do, you're not allowed this. You're not. No, uh, it's my phone, I bought it. Now, I'm seeing in the, U uh, the EU, in the European Union, they have been having a lot of movements and a lot of laws have been passed for the right to repair, right? And even when the iPhone 12 came out and they're like, hey, we're not giving you chargers anymore. The EU was like, nah, buddy, you're giving us chargers, right? You're not gonna play that game with me. 
So the EU has done that, and they have been very successful to combat uh, Apple when they come out and they do these ridiculous things and removing things that shouldn't be removed. I mean, I'm buying a new phone. I should have the charger with it. And the good thing about this, ladies and gentlemen, is now the U.S. is taking account for these type of laws. And they're saying, you know what? You're right. I should let my people fix their phones the way they want to fix it. And soon enough, I do believe, ladies and gentlemen, that we'll be seeing the right to repair worldwide. And we won't kind of be under Apple saying, no, you can't repair, you can't repair. Let us know your guys' thoughts, 4215, door slots, or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. We're taking a short break, but when we come back, I got a lot in store for you. This is Mama Sita by Black Eyed Peas. This is a very, very good Sunday, ladies and gentlemen. Pulse95. Pulse95. Gadget of the day. New tech you might want to play with. New tech you might want to play with, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the Fitbit, the smart wearable. Now, you guys know that I am very big on wearables. Uh, I don't take my Apple Watch off. I haven't worn an Apple Watch in forever. I haven't worn yeah, a normal watch in forever. I've been uh, on my Apple Watch. I tried the Whoop for a while. Didn't like it that much. I felt that the Apple Watch in general does better for that uh, the normal person who just needs normal things. But... We're talking about today the Fitbit and how their data points is actually showing how there's actually some lasting changes for some people after surviving COVID-19. Now, this preliminary study does open up further avenues of inquiry on the long-term effects on COVID-19 on those who did fall ill and did get better from it. Now, a lot of people uh, said after they, they, they were cured or healed from COVID-19, some for a month or two couldn't smell right they couldn't taste Uh, they still had a bad cough even after uh, they were not deemed sick anymore right and now the smart wearable which is called the fitbit is showing that there's a lot of data that shows that there's some everlasting effects from covid 19. now a a new study did that was published did find out that people who had covid 19 did take longer to return to their baseline statistics and markers of health compared to those of other diseases. Now we're talking, for example, your heart rate, right? Uh, some people, they still had elevated heart rates. They still had low heart rates. Their heart rate didn't go back to normal. Now this study did focus on 875 individuals who did report symptoms of an acute respiratory illness and did undergo swab testing for COVID-19 and were found to be either positive or negative. Now, 234 were positive, 641 were negative. Now, there were actually a few key measurements that did differ between those who had been COVID-19 positive and those who had been negative. Now, those with COVID-19, they did tend to feel a little short drop in resting heart rate relative to their baseline after the start of symptoms showing and then they had a sustained elevated heart rate and they also did less physical activity fewer steps as measured by step counting and slept less compared to the time prior to the covid 19 diagnosis now we're going to go to the positive individuals now it did take about 79 days after symptoms onset for resting heart rate to return to normal when step count and sleep quantity did take around 32 to 24 days Now, the amount of time it did take for those measurements to return to baseline were unique to COVID-19 as well. Now, the new study does mean that there is everlasting effects from COVID-19. And they wouldn't actually have found this out if the Fitbit wasn't involved. 
And this goes to my main point of today, ladies and gentlemen. Wearables are becoming essential, right? Uh, for me, I'm attached to my Apple Watch. I know my dad is attached to his Apple Watch. My dad sleeps with his Apple Watch. Uh, he doesn't take it off unless it needs charging. I have another friend showers, goes to bed, does everything with his Apple Watch. And there's a kind of safety and security, or shall I say, peace of mind when you're wearing a wearable. You know how your heart rate is going. You know if it's elevated, if it's lower. Sometimes when I'm in the gym, I know that certain exercises would elevate my heart rate and I would check if my heart rate is a little bit tired today. So if it goes above 180, I know I'm overworking myself, etc. So wearables are coming very important in the health sector and the medical sector that does show that they're giving these wearables to patients to monitor them. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen uh, the medical sector use wearables to monitor their patients. Now, when COVID-19 first started, a lot of them were given watches that were specifically made for COVID-19 to track them, to see how their heart rate was going, to see if they needed help or not, or, and various other things. Now, I do hope soon we're done with this pandemic, man. I'm tired of this pandemic. I'm tired of everything. I mean, it does get pretty annoying and repetitive at one point in time. You're like, man, when does it stop? But again, we do need to take the preventive and precautionary measures that the UAE Ministry of Health and Authority did give us, which is obviously social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands, be clean as much as you can. And I do wish for the best. I do believe that all the way we'll, we'll stop having COVID or, you know, it'll be much easier all the way in 2023. I remember um, in 2020, they were like, hey, COVID might stay around until 2024. I'm like, eh, that's not happening. But it does look like that's the case. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to know your guys' thoughts. 4215, or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio. We've been getting a lot of text messages today, ladies and gentlemen. It's been popping. You guys have been keeping me company while I'm doing the show solo today. Omnia is on her leave. I hope she does have fun. A well-deserved leave. But this does conclude Future Talk for today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. And I'll be seeing you guys tomorrow, same time, same place, only here on Pulse95. But I'll be opening up the airwaves for Afternoon Collect, the Dream Team, Aisha Mazma and Makeda Atlia to give you everything you need to know about what's happening in the world of entertainment, movies, series, games, whatever is happening in pop culture, they got it. Keep Pulse95 locked because the show don't stop. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.